Welcome to Cancelled. We are back. We had a little hiatus due to scheduling issues, but we are back at, uh, I almost gave my address, uh, beautiful <laughs> Austin, Texas. Oh boy, we are a little over halfway through Bunheads and kind of hate this show now, Martha. Martha, how yeah. you doing, by the way? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. You were just in uh, California a little bit ago and then New York after that. Is that right? Right. You were, uh, I, I mean, we can talk about it since it's come out. You were on Will and Grace. Yeah, it was terrifying. Um, it was very fun after we were done recording. Sure. Or taping. Yeah. Now, have um, you done, I mean, I know you've done baskets and whatnot, but like sitcom-y stuff like this before? I've never done anything that's taped in front of a live audience. I was going to say there's an audience, right? Yeah. yeah how is that? Very, well, it was exhilarating and sweet because the fans of... That show, we're so excited to be there. Sure, sure, sure. But I was very terrified. Also, James Burroughs is the director, and like he directed Cheers, and so yeah. I was very intimidated. That's be a little intimidating, right? But he, everybody was really nice. Everybody was nice. That's yeah. good. Nobody was like, nobody was like kind of a dickhead. No, and it was really nice because there's like the four stars at, at rehearsals and stuff. No one was like vying to be the most uh, focus of attention. It was they were just. It was like four reasonable people at any job where they huh. just are not crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, good for, and also that's got to yeah. be like an interesting dynamic because they've known each other for so long. Like the yeah. first run of that show was what, like eight or nine years or something like that. I think it was eight seasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like you know they all know each other, and then you're coming. Yeah. In. It was, they were so, I really, it just made me love them more. That's because, awesome. Yeah. And the great Robert Klein, if I'm not mistaken, was he was great. Well? Yeah, he was great. And, um. Could he stop his leg? That's a, that's an old, <laughs> a very old Robert Klein stand-up <laughs> reference that I think five people will get, but yeah, yeah. We talked about politics, which I won't go into, but, but it was nice to hear some, um, perspective from someone who's older than me who uh is in the same political side yeah. but isn't as panicked as i am fair enough you That's know got, like, calming voice has to help yeah he had some uh he has a pretty positive outlook of how things are gonna go that's good. Uh, so, oh, man, that would be nice to hear. I haven't heard yeah. that once since uh, 2016. So yeah. it would be nice to hear some well, optimism. I should say positive in the sense that um, things think it won't go on like this forever. Right. And probably not even for that much longer. And there have been times like this in the past sure. that uh, so... Yeah, I feel like since the election, I have felt like this is it. Russia has succeeded. We're turning <laughs> yeah. into a authoritarian. But actually, there have been other periods where we came close to this. Um, we're just we just have such a we just were built on such a tragic foundation of inhumanity. Sure. That ugh, of of course it's of course we got a lot of bad. Speaking of tragic inhumanity, Bunheads, episode 13 <laughs> and 14. Um, it is a little weird, and I don't want to make light of a very serious situation, but uh, 
I woke up to hear that Paradise, California, burnt to the ground. Yeah. And I was like, oh my god, that's horrible. And then I was like, why do I know that name? And then I remembered it was from Bunheads. And I was like, yeah. no, no. I felt not all bad. I felt a little guilty for how much I never wanted to go there based on the show. <laughs> uh, okay, so it's been a minute. When last we left, some new kids had moved into... Uh, there's two new kids, Cosette and who gives a shit, have moved into uh, Paradise yeah. at the school. And they're weird and don't belong in this universe. Clearly uh, much older, but playing high school students. They brought wine to school! <laughs> That's not okay. Uh, just a mild recap. So that's happening. Um, I don't even really remember. There's like, uh, uh, oh right, Boo has got his little her little boyfriend. That's going well. Sasha's parents are getting a divorce, so she might have to move. Right. Uh, was kind of where we left off. I think that was the last moment. Was uh, the mom saying, "Well, you, you're either coming to Encino or you're going to, right. to uh, whatever with uh, with your dad, San Jose." Episode 13 opens with a complete... I, I have to say this. We'll get into the details. These two episodes feel like either no one on the show gives a shit anymore. Right. And they're like, oh, we're getting canceled, so whatever. We'll just do whatever we want. And it won't have to make sense. And it doesn't even feel like it fits in this world. Like, I know this world is, like, quirky and weird. But this opening montage of... It's uh, like Franny is in her house and Michelle's in her little guest house. And they're like, wake up. All right. We're going to work out. We're going to drink a fucking smoothie and then throw it out the window because it's gross. That's funny. And then like, uh, yeah, we got to get ready for the day. All right. Here we go. And they're just going to that accountant's place to talk about business stuff. And they're just like falling asleep. And Michelle's like trying to hold physically hold her eyelids open you are adults <laughs> you own a business what is this world i wrote um the accountant yelling at them on it feels like on behalf of the entire audience i agree a hundred percent she was he did say he said i wrote down he says the two of you are children and i was like yes finally someone has addressed these people the way they need to be addressed yeah. it's insane it's and all, also how gross and irritating it would be if someone really threw a smoothie out the window like <laughs> it's still in your yard it's just there now you're attracting bugs and Ugh. animals and shit like yeah it's insane Ugh. uh and also like you're by the sink she had to reach over the sink to throw yeah. it out the window like grow up i don't want to scream at these people so much uh to the point where they're literally there like he's going look you're not making any money we we have spoken about this before, and in the meantime, you have done nothing to change except get rid of the hat boxes. Right. Like, uh, you're still not charging half of your students money. How do you expect them to live or whatever? And he's like, you own this land. Maybe the like maybe if the land isn't valuable, there's something on the land that you can do it with. And her fucking response is like, oh, you mean, you're telling me we should mine for gold? No, I'm definitely not telling you that, stupid. God, they're, they're just the dumb... They go into, so they leave there, and they, like, ride around for a little bit, and then they stop at some candle stand, for like, homemade candles, right. and they find out, now this was, I thought, so they, they, they stop at this, can, that guy's got, like, a little uh, roadside stand where he sells homemade candles, and she's like, oh, and Franny's like, I love homemade candles, and Michelle shits on it, because of course she does. And then they both realize, isn't this, that they go, like, isn't this our land? Like, they realize that this guy is setting up this candle stand on his land. Uh, right. On their land, and he's she's like, well, how, what's going on here? And he says, oh, I've been I pay rent to the alpaca guy. 
apparently there's a guy racing alpacas on this land as well. Um, and he's like, yeah, he was supposed to, I did kind of laugh a little bit where he's like, I, he just raised my rent 5%. It was only supposed to be 3%, but you know, alpaca guys, I don't know why that made me laugh, but the idea of like, oh, you know, what they all say about those alpaca guys kind of made me chuckle. But then I, so I'm like, oh, they're going to figure out that there's like some weird group of hippies that are sort of squatting on this land. There's this alpaca guy who's been making money off of them. This right. is going to somehow be part of the story. No, we never. don't. See, we never meet the alpaca guy. Fucking candle guy doesn't come back into play. We do see Franny, which kind of annoyed me. She's like picked out some candles and she goes to leave. And the candle guy says, "Oh, uh, you know, you got to pay me for those." And she's like, "Oh yeah, one second. And she goes, "You know what? Never mind. This one's for rent, and this one is for rent. You're on my land. This is for rent too." He doesn't know you. He has no idea who's what that he's on your land. You just stole that man's candles. As far as yeah. he knows, he's been paying rent this whole time. Ten years. Ten yeah. years they've been on that land. It's maddening because it is, uh, yeah, it's unnecessarily stealing from him. And you could take all the candles and it wouldn't equal the rent you dipshit <laughs> yeah are you then gonna open up your own candle stand and sell yeah. these candles and try to make some money but Ugh. then they're like they're so it's this world where there's this world of extreme privilege where like there aren't really consequences. Right. Even when there are consequences there aren't consequences right so yeah she maced all these fucking kids and what happened Nothing, really. She had yeah. to go to Vegas for a little bit, and then she just came back, and the business is the business. Nobody's... Right. It, there's nothing, right? So the, there's no... So when they have the great idea, great in quotation marks, that what they're going to do is build an amphitheater on this land. Oh, yeah. For, to, so you're like, well, you know, we're always looking for places to have our show, our recitals. We'll do it there, and then we can rent that out to, like, weddings or whatever. That's... You're right. Okay, you went to a place because you have no money. That person told you to come up with money, and your way of coming up with money is to spend a bunch of money you don't have <laughs> to build a thing that no one wants. I have to say, as someone who um, tried to get a work from home job in the '90s, where you buy a kit to make terrible jewelry, <laughs> and then Do that tell. you're you're supposed to be able to sell, and the design is on is deliberately undoable. <laughs> They're just it's making money. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, I, I desperately needed money, and my my solution was to spend money, which sure. is so. <laughs> but in my defense, I was twenty two right. at the oldest. Like you were an grown. adult. Weren't two adult women, one of which yeah. has owned a business for 20 years? Yeah. Theoretically, how long that dance studio's been there? The the idea that... And then they burst back into that fucking accountant's office who who are already... He's, already, he's like in a meeting with other clients, and they're just... Not, that, yeah. That's not weird to you? They don't go, oh, shit, I'm sorry. We didn't realize you were in here, but anybody will wait. They just take over that meeting. They make hit, They make those other people leave. It It drove me, and there's one point, I don't remember what happened that made me write this, uh, oh, no, that's not the page I thought it was, never, well, I did, I did write, Fanny and Michelle bust into accountant's office, tell them to get the fuck out. Yeah, yeah, and he has to keep telling them not to steal, like, don't steal my pens this time, because she's gonna take all of his pens, what are you doing? 
That's what my um, niece did when she was eight, was try and take everybody's pens. That's right. what a child does. <laughs> yes, and these people are children. To the <sighs> point where this made me so angry. Uh, there's a, So Truly is using the dance studio space still for her business, for Sparkles or whatever, and there's a little bit of a moment where Franny's like, you gotta get this shit out of here. I told you you could have a corner, but you're taking up the whole floor. And uh, the girl, the new girl's like, oh, we could dance around it. And she does like a dance, which was fun. Yeah. Um, but then Michelle comes running in and she's like, I found the perfect place, the perfect part of, uh, like, parcel of land to build the amphitheater. I was, a squirrel stole my toothbrush. So I was chasing it into the woods. And that's where I found this piece of land. Close your windows, for starters, I guess. Like, why? how is this fucking squirrel getting into your house? Put a screen in or something. You're living with varmints. You've already had that giant possum in your bed, and you've done nothing to fix that possum's entry into your house. So now a squirrel is stealing your toothbrush. To what you chase it? Go buy a fucking yeah. toothbrush. Also, squirrels don't steal. Come in your house to steal toothbrushes. No, they, they don't, don't. They don't give a shit. They won't they, all they care about is... Getting nuts and burying nuts sure. and not being able to remember where they buried them. <laughs> Can I tell you uh, the greatest squirrel story of all time? Yes. I swear to God this happened. My family was with me. We have witnesses. We were at the Staten Island Zoo. I used to live in Staten Island when I was a little kid. We would go there in the summers because like, if you brought a Pepsi can on Wednesday, you got like a free kid's admission or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we would always go. It was a cheap thing to do. We pack our little lunches, right? So we wouldn't eat there. We, you know, my mom would make a sandwich or whatever, a couple cookies. So we're sitting there, and you've have you ever lived in New York? Well, you lived in N- cities, N- yeah, yeah, never in New York, but now I want to. Squirrels in cities—they're not as timid, you know what right. I mean? Yeah, particularly in New York, like at a place like a zoo, they'll come and beg. They'll, like if they think you have food, they'll come up to you or whatever. So we yeah. were sitting there eating our lunch, and a squirrel came up, and I was like, "Oh, I was a little kid," and I gave, I threw it a Oreo. Uh-huh. I swear to God, this squirrel untwisted the Oreo and ate the cream like it wasn't his first Oreo. Really? Then put the two cookies back together and buried it. That's it's the so craziest cute. shit I've ever seen. It was a. I mean, this is way pre cell phones, or that would have been the most viral video of all fucking time. But I swear so to God, cute. he just twisted. It like didn't break. Like just knew how to work an Oreo. I. Can I tell you a quick squirrel story? Please, please. When I was a secretary at UCLA, they had a lot of untimid squirrels. And I had some nuts one day at lunch, and I was giving this one squirrel nuts, and then I ran out. But he had been taking them out of my hand, Mm -hmm. and I just wanted him to come close one more time, so I pretended I had (laughs) And I held my hand out with my thumb sticking out, pretending to be the nut. And he came over, and he... Went to take it, and then was like, wait a minute, and then he just bit it. Not, <laughs> not hard enough to break the skin, yeah, but yeah. definitely as a, are you fucking <laughs> kidding me? And it was so that, cute. It's kind of on you. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. He was so right. <laughs> um, so this whole thing is happening, they're going to try to build his amphitheater. Uh, also then... Michelle decides she's going to go to business school. Yeah, there's, that, this whole, there's this whole thing where like, well, we don't, we need a um, money guy, right? We're like, and she's like, I'll be the money guy. I'll go to business school. What's, how hard can it be? That's well, what, seeing as you've never committed to anything in your life, probably pretty difficult. Seeing as you are a walking idiot, probably pretty difficult. Then we find yeah. out 
she forgot to graduate from high school? As someone who graduated at the bottom of my class, um, you get a notice. Yeah, absolutely (laughs) you do. Um, I wrote, after he should tell them to get the fuck out, Michelle says we just need one of those loney things. Which also get the fuck out, and then Michelle's going to take a business class, and in all caps, I wrote, fuck them. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) No, I get it. so mad. But that's what I also mean about how this show is like it doesn't give a fuck anymore. Because that scene is like the most bullshit version of Gilmore Girls writing, where like they have like fast talk, and it's what, like, uh, beats or whatever, where she goes, we just need one of those loany things. And he's like, it's all hard to get one of those loany things. Oh my god, now you have me saying loany things. It's a loan! And it's like, did you, was this the first draft? Did anyone take a second pass at this? You don't hire somebody to do punch-up or anything? Like, this is just, it really annoyed me. And then, it's not even just the characters that annoy me, the show is annoying me. We get a storyline where uh, the tall one shithead brother who we hate. Melanie's brother, Melanie's yes. brother gets dumped by some girl. And we're supposed to give a shit? Right? Like, yeah. he's, he gets dumped and then now he's, like, all sad and he's playing, like, sad music and he won't leave his room. And and Melanie's kind of, like, trying to figure out why, like, the girl broke up with him and what the pro- like what's his problem. One, you don't care. I know your brother and sister, you fight or whatever, but you you actively don't like him. Yeah. Two, we don't like him. You have written yeah. a wholly unlikable character for this show. So how to, why? I don't, you're wasting my time. I'm never going to feel sympathy for this kid. And if it turns out, as in episode 14, it was all just a trick to get her to join roller derby, I'm going to be real mad. Uh, yeah, it's I don't it's one it's another one of those annoying things the show does where they introduce something that doesn't make any sense and then they just they never justify it and never make it's never like well, I Well also he never comes back. Right. It it's just for some reason they want to show her being angry. Right. So she like after so, this also pissed me off. She goes to his dumb friend and she's like, what's wrong with Brian, uh, Steve or whatever the fuck his name is? No one cares. And uh, he basically tells her, like, he's like, she goes, why do you, what, what did he do to get her to break up with him? Did, she, did he ignore her? He fucking made her pay for gas. He was shitty to her or whatever. And he's like, no, he was great. He was attentive. He called her every day. He picked her up from work. He picked up extra shifts so he could buy her some fucking necklace or whatever. He's like, she just bitched out on him. At the, at, like, that's the exact quote. He, she just bitched out on him out of nowhere. No. For starters, don't write that because that's not how human relationships work. No one is the perfect, attentive, great person and then someone is just like, ah, fuck you! Like, stuff leads up to things. It's so out of character. There's nothing we've seen that would show that he would act that way with anyone. Be any capable of that. Absolutely. He was terrible to Boo. He was terrible to Ginny. He's not a good guy. Why would he all of a sudden be a good guy? It makes no sense. So, But it's that serves as the launching off point for where she goes. They're walking down a hallway, and she sees her, this girl, the Melanie sees this girl, and just fucking wraps her ponytail around her hand and slams her to the ground in yeah. an extremely violent, like, it's played for jokes, but it's not funny. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's a lot. <laughs> like, and I'm supposed to like Melanie. Right. It's just weird. 
Yeah, it's weird that she gets that mad when prior to this, she was always happy anytime something bad happened, happened to, to her the brother. brother. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, it just it, it annoyed me immensely. It annoyed me, one, because it's just horribly written. And then, two, it doesn't actually serve any purpose other than her. Right. They, we get into it in the next episode more. She kind of has a breakdown, but she's like, I'm fucking up at school. My parents are pressuring me to do uh, apply to colleges. I don't know what I'm going to do. You can write her into that position in a way that makes sense for the character you've established. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those are all perfectly good emotions for this character to be going through. I buy all of that. But, yeah. like... Don't it just it made no sense to me. Also, there's a lot of shit going on that doesn't make any sense. I got mad again because Michelle, of course, continues to have wildly inappropriate relationships with these kids. Uh Godot is back, the surfing bartender boy. And they're all the girls are like, Oh, go put on a slutty dress and get you some or whatever. And she's like, ha ha It's like, stop talking to these girls like this. <laughs> it's weird. I understand the girls. <laughs> Being like, oh, you gotta like you like him or whatever. They're high school girl. That's fine, but you should be establishing boundaries, right? Yeah, and if not, it should be commented on. Like when Lena Dunham's character is a teacher and starts hanging out with one of her girl students, they do comment on the fact that it's inappropriate, right? And they don't at and all. No, in it's this not show. played for inappropriate. It's never like. No one ever goes, hey, maybe don't have that conversation with those kids. Like, Yeah. I get that you're supposed to be there for them. And it's one thing where at the end of this episode, Sasha comes to her and she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. My mom is leaving. She gave me the keys to the house, which is fucking crazy. But we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, It's one thing for her to be like, okay, you know, we'll figure it out. Blah, blah, blah. You are an authority figure in this child's life. You can be a confidant on that level. That's what good teachers do but right. this other bullshit where you're letting them into your personal fucking sex life it's crazy yeah it's really weird and they all the Godot is probably closer to their age than Michelle's age sure oh definitely and they all think he's hot but she's hooking up with him it's so weird what else is weird is that out of nowhere, he has a master's degree in oceanography and is studying for his PhD. What? Why is that a character trait? It's like somebody's like they brought him back and they're like, oh, if this is going to be a character, we have to actually give him something other than hot bartender guy. Yeah. So they decided to just also make him a genius. But like, then why is he just working at this oyster bar? Like, yeah. And she calls him dumb to yeah, well, his she, face. It, she has this weird moment where she realizes that she forgot to graduate high school. And she, in her head, is like, oh, he's got to be dumb, too. I'll go commiserate with another dumb person. And he's like, I actually have a <laughs> master's degree in oceanography. I'm going for my doctorate. And I was like, what? Why? And then she's like, so this isn't happening tonight? And he's like, no, it's not happening tonight. But also, I would just submit to the jury that... Even if he was dumb, uh, no one wants to be called dumb. To dumb their face. people don't like being called dumb. To, it's like <laughs> it's it's very also like I don't know if people know this. Some women do this where if they are criticizing their own appearance, they drag you into it, and they'll be like, "Well, <laughs> you know, big girls like us, we have to do, like, hey, what, <laughs> whether I am or not, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. We did have to make an agreement yeah. where we both decide, like, no, absolutely. 
Um, so that's been annoying me. Also, then I realized part of the way through this episode, Boo hasn't been in it at all. Right. Which is, uh, I think, a problem I have. Also, as you watch this at this point, it feels like the only person who gave like a full series commitment is Michelle because all these other people just kind of are not, they kind of come and go. Franny's in like maybe two thirds of the episodes. Yeah. Like, Sasha yeah. disappears for a while. Boo's not here. And it's not, it doesn't feel like, like if this was a well written show and it was like real tight, you'd be like, oh, they didn't need that character this week. So no, we, no need to force it. Right. We can just tell a story that doesn't involve Boo. That's fine. But this feels like this show was desperate for Boo, and they just, instead of having Boo, they brought uh, truly sister Millie back. Who's, <laughs> I don't I don't even understand what they were going... Okay, so it's it's trivia night at the Oyster Bar. Right. And uh, the lady from the book club, who's the uh, auto mechanic in Gilmore Girls, she's... Somehow running and playing trivia, which I don't understand. She's like, hey, welcome to trivia night. Are you guys ready to try to beat me? I've been winning nine weeks in a row or whatever. You can't do both. Like, Right. There's money on the line. Uh, <laughs> 90 bucks, they said. It's a lot of money. Millie is back, and she owns the trivia equipment. There's like a little pad oh, yeah, that you like yeah. punch in your answers or whatever. So why she's not running the trivia night, I don't understand. It's, she seems to be a high-powered businesswoman, right? Right. She owns, like, she owns buildings that she rents out. She's got a lot of yeah. properties. She's got her hands in a lot of pies. Who also has to try to hustle $100 on a Wednesday night out of this fucking bar trivia night? Like, she yeah. tries to cheat. At one point, she goes to Truly, and she's like... Uh, you know, I know all the glitches. I know the bugs in the software. We could win this thing. So she's just gonna. She's out here hustling trivia nights when she also just owns real estate. Like it doesn't make any sense. Also, did they ever cover why she is so wealthy and truly doesn't have anything? Well, they there was definitely the falling out between them, but, but over a boy or something. But I think did she inherit or I did think they she both? Inherited. I I think what we're meant to be, understand is that they both inherited some. Truly used hers to start this Sparkles business, which we find out in this episode she wasn't. That wasn't her name. She wasn't allowed to name the business. Ugh. Millie named the business. But then I also think that maybe Millie is just like a more ambitious, successful businesswoman. So I think she was able okay. to turn that investment around. Maybe. Um, I don't know that it's ever been completely clarified. But for someone who's good at business. She literally in this episode she she goes oh and also these machines are very delicate so don't they're not Tonka trucks she's like so no greasy foods keep your greasy fingers off the trivia machines or whatever no buffalo wings they're they're banned uh, temporarily and they're like uh, the woman's like oh she can't do that she doesn't own this place you can buy buffalo wings if you want and she's like well then I will buy all the buffalo wings and I will throw them away which seems like a joke. Until she does exactly that. At one point, yeah. she goes to this. She walks up to a guy who's eating French fries while playing trivia, takes the French fries away from him, and then hands a waiter what appears to be several thousand dollars. It is the <laughs> thickest bankroll with hundreds on the outside, and goes throw out all the French fries and put it on my tab. I promise you, you gave him more money for those French fries than it will cost to replace all of these trivia machines. What are they? Fifty bucks? They look like speaking spells. <laughs> Yeah. Also, how could you possibly be making money off renting the equipment for trivia nights at bars 
if your trivia equipment can't be used around bar food. food. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And she is what's so what's so infuriating is she is written at, she's supposed to be this smart businesswoman who then is also an idiot because no one in this fucking town can just not also be an idiot. Right. But it just doesn't make sense. It's infuriating that so many incompetent dummies are how is this town even functioning i don't understand although i did another moment that made me laugh uh when she goes up on stage to start announcing that you can't have buffalo wings or whatever she taps the microphone and she goes is this thing on and the other lady so she goes ha she like laughs she goes, what are you laughing at she goes, oh it was funny you did the comedian thing we're like Hey, is this thing on? And then her example of what a comedian would say, she goes, Hey, is this thing on? Hello, I'm Richard Pryor. Take my wife. (laughs) That made me laugh. Particularly when you realize that the person who wrote this now has a very successful TV show about a stand-up comedian. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's... Yeah. So Bartender Boy's back. He's a master's whatever. He... Shuts down Michelle because she called him stupid to his face, which is perfectly reasonable. Right. And then the girls go like, oh, what happened? Uh, and he, she's like, oh, yeah, I said something stupid, whatever. And Melanie comes over and, like, pulls his chair out from underneath him, but not in, like, a funny way where, like, oh, like, when you're a kid, it's not that it's ever funny because you're just hurting somebody. But, like, when you're a kid and your friend goes to sit, like, is going to sit down and you move the chair before he can, he falls on his butt. This kid, this guy is sitting on a bar stool and she comes, like, violently rips the bar stool out from underneath him. Absolutely hurt yourself doing that. Why did she, I forgot She did it because she was mad. Well, she did it because, in her head, he was mean to Michelle. Oh, and this okay. was like revenge or whatever. But he wasn't mean to Michelle at all. He was just like, hey, don't call me stupid. Yeah. I didn't forget to graduate high school. Here's your drink. Have a good night. We'll talk later or whatever. I also just found that I'd written down, this is what Michelle, ex- exactly what she said was a toast to you and me. Here's to being dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I did. There is a line where she goes. So the accountant is at trivia night, and she's of course bothering the accountant because she has no sense of boundaries or fucking anybody's personal time. And he says, like, she goes, I, I, "This morning I was smart, and now I'm dumb." And he's like, "I knew this morning you weren't that smart." It's like finally. <laughs> and then he's like, "Look, I'm just trying to have a beer and play this game and unwind before I have to go home where my mom's staying with me, and she's real mean." Uh, blah 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 blah. She goes. So just please leave me leave me alone. And she's just like. So what do you think of my dress? Like she just ignores everything he says because she's the most narcissistic fucking monster on the planet. Uh, yeah, this episode made me very angry. Uh, again, I just realized that Boo hasn't been anywhere. That might have something to do with it. Um, I don't know how much of the talk is in this episode and how much of the talk is in the next episode, but we should probably mention that uh, Jenny's ma- uh, Jenny's father is getting remarried. And Jenny's mother is the real estate agent who we met in the, f- the early episodes that was trying to buy the house out from underneath Franny and Michelle or whatever. Right, right. Um, and she apparently is a complete fucking psychopath, but we'll get to that in the next episode. Yeah, now, and that's the one who who yelled at Michelle for um, encouraging her daughter to break up with a boy she'd been dating since <laughs> third grade. Yes, 
Who she, for some reason, the mom was totally dependent on that mm-hmm. child. Because she doesn't have a man in her life, yeah. so how can she possibly change a light bulb? That's yeah. literally what she needed from him. And <laughs> it's in, the, Also, what is crazy when you look at sort of the bigger picture of this show, are there any competent women on this show? Sasha can dance, but I'm talking about, I mean, I don't even want to necessarily mention the children, because they are children, so I expect right. less from them. But, like, Michelle's a mess. Franny's kind of a mess. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you look at the business side of things, like, yeah, she's happy or whatever, but, like, she has a hat box thing that's just not a real business. She has no idea how to talk to an accountant. It's insane. Yeah. Uh, Truly, she runs a business, but she's also clearly crippled by mental illness. Like. Uh, to the point where now she's running said business out of the dance hall because she has this issue with her sister and can't pay rent or whatever. Right. Uh, Millie seems like a successful businesswoman until you find out that she's, I don't know, OCD or something where she can't let people have Buffalo. Like, no, none of these women, you would think a show written by Amy Sherman, like by a strong woman, would have some women who were strong and capable. The uh, Jenny's mom depended on a fucking 15-year-old to just, like, clean up the house because she no longer has a husband to do it. That's insane. Yeah, that's weird. There aren't any competent women. And it also, this episode made me realize, so if Franny didn't know that there was someone running a candle stand on also, their land. Also, and an alpaca farm. Not just an a al- candle stand, an alpaca farm. <laughs> so if Franny didn't know that, it would seem that Hubble also didn't know that. That's also very true. So he is... Without them addressing it, just looks like more and more of a buffoon, and also like he's not this great hero right. that the wonderful guy that got away. Yeah. Clearly, he had stuff. He wasn't that competent either. There's a, no, clearly not. It would. It, how easy would it have been for the candle guy instead of saying, "Oh, I've been paying the alpaca farmer" to be like, "Oh, I had an arrangement with Hubble." Right. right? Me. You know. I. I Pay, uh, I got a 10-year lease from Hubble or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Right. That would seem to make sense as far as writing is concerned. But no, they're just made up an imagine- or a, an invisible alpaca farmer that doesn't come into the show at all. It makes me wish that the final episode, you find out Hubble is the alpaca farmer and he faked his own death to that get the fuck away from so Michelle. Great, but can't get that far away. Yeah. He's just living in like a tent in their yard. Uh there's a moment in the diner where she's talking. To, so basically what happens is Michelle goes to uh, Millie, Truly's sister, the businesswoman, to be like, so, you know, do you want to buy some land, essentially? Because we're going to use the rest of the land to open up this amphitheater. We need cash flow. And she just kind of bullies her way into, oh, no, I'll invest in the amphitheater. I would love to do that. I'm a patron of the arts, blah, 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 blah. And kind of steamrolls her way into this business. Right. Which Michelle doesn't really fight because Michelle's com- completely incompetent and fucking... Yes, get up someone who knows business. Oh, that's fine. Right. But truly, they have this moment where she's like, oh, but truly, you're actually my friend. Millie's not my friend. And she goes, truly's like, oh, you didn't take me to Vegas with you when you had a complete meltdown and maced those children or whatever. But there's a moment where she goes, she comes back and she goes, uh, here's to the Millie Stone uh, Memorial Amphitheater or whatever. Foundation mm-hmm. for the Arts. And they do their shots and she leaves and truly says, oh, Millie gets everything she ever wanted. And uh, Michelle says, <laughs> excuse me. Bless you. Thank you. Michelle says she didn't get Hubble. 
and they cheers right. to that because that's who the boy that was. Now that I think about it, that's who the fight was over. That right. truly got Hubble and Millie didn't. But Truly didn't get fucking Hubble either. Yeah. So what is this What is this cheers about? Why is Truly happy? That's the reason you two don't actually get along. <laughs> it, made me, it made me so angry. Uh, then at the end of the episode, uh, Jenny and Melanie and Sasha are going back into Sasha's house. And they walk in. And there's shit's getting packed up everywhere. And uh, Melanie and Jenny are like, what's going on here? Are you guys moving? Why is everything in boxes? And Miss Sasha's like, oh, no, we're not moving. They're just, she's just trying to scare me or whatever, which is not true. But right. I guess she's a 16-year-old girl in delusion. It's fine. The mom comes in, to, kicks the two other girls out. And it's like, look, here's a box. The moving truck's coming tomorrow morning. You have to pack your shit and decide where you're going. And Sasha, of course, being Sasha, just fucking reads a book. And she makes a bunch of snotty comments. And then the mom is like, fine, you have two weeks until escrow's done. You can stay here. I'll leave you the fridge here, the keys. I was with the mom up until that moment. Not that I like the mom. She's, she's not a good mom. Right. But, like, they're playing her moving and taking the daughter with her as abuse. Right. And it's not. People move. Adults move. She has to, you got to go with your mom because you're a child. It sucks. I'm not saying it's easy. You, your friends are there or whatever. But, like, it's not some horrible act that this woman's committing. She's moving yeah. out of this she's... dumb fucking town that I wish everyone would move out of. And she's moving because her husband yeah, came, came out. out of the closet and left her for another man. So, like, yeah, maybe she has bad memories in this fucking place. Like, there's any number of reasons. But the idea... So I wasn't even mad at the mom up until the moment she's like, well, fine, fuck you then, my cat, my child, and just, I'm going to leave and here are the keys. Yeah, that's weird, and that is abusive. That's 100% <laughs> of, that's neglect. Yeah. That's criminal. And then she goes, then Sasha has to go to Michelle, and they're like, oh, we'll figure it out. How? You are <laughs> not her guardian and completely incapable of running your own life, let alone a child's. To the, well, and then we're just going to jump into the next episode. In the next episode, they don't even try to attempt... To say how they figured it out. At one point, Jenny just goes, oh, she found an apartment. The fuck do you mean she found an apartment? She doesn't have a job. She's a 16-year-old kid. I, what is this show? I just made me... I'm so mad at this show. Uh, yeah, I wrote... So I wrote, it's heartbreaking that Sasha only has childish Michelle to advise her. And the dance at the end is sad. But I thought the dance at the end was actually good. It's another one of those moments. I have multiple times in my notes where I just said, why isn't this show just about kids learning to dance? Like, yeah. why isn't it about the dancing? Like, I'd yeah. like, be fine with that. And then, like, yes, their lives or whatever. If this show was about the kids and, like, minimally about Michelle, yeah, I'd be fine with it. But, like... Man, this show's really falling apart. Yeah, and then, yeah, the whole sh Sasha, they just say Sasha's renting an apartment. Like, how? Did she sell the refrigerator? Like, where is she getting this money from? And you can't, even if she had money. Uh, you can't sign a lease as a child? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you can. Ugh. I think that's wildly illegal. And also, I'm curious about where this apartment is in this town, which appears to be one block long. I don't understand the <laughs> geography. It's so, yeah, it's the way it has felt to me from the beginning is that Amy Sherman Palladino, someone offered her money to write a show and she didn't have the time or the interest to really, like she didn't have any idea that she had been 
wanting to make. Right. And she just slapped it together and just thought, if we just infuse every episode with quirkiness, it won't matter what the story is. Right, right, right. Because the story... <laughs> I we I really wish we could show the like <laughs> defeated sigh that comes when you just stop talking. Um episode uh, 14 also made me very angry. Yeah. Um it feels like one they dropped the amphitheater storyline for the most part like Right. doesn't really come up much. Um Fanny's not in Fanny's it. Fanny's not in it, which is always a problem. They don't even bother. They used to at least be like, oh, she wanted a spa day or whatever. And like attempt to write her out of the episode. Right. Now she's just not around. Uh, and there's some fucking psychopath child in charge of teaching the classes. Uh, yeah. Jordan, who we have met before. He's like the good dancer in the class. But he is unacceptably abusive to these children. And... Michelle, instead of being like, hey, knock it the fuck off, you can't do this, go let those kids you've locked in the closet out, <laughs> she's like ar- debating and arguing with him and like, oh, hey, put your phone away, Jordan's gonna see. You're an adult! Yeah. At I one re- point he comes, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. At one point he says, uh, he's yelling at the kids because they wanted to stretch before class. Yeah. They absolutely have to do that. <laughs> what are you talking about? I just wrote, the first thing I wrote about episode 14 was, Jordan's a dick, but a hell of a dancer. Yeah, he is a hell of a dancer. He does like a weird spin flippy thing at one yeah. point that I was like pretty blown away by. But yeah, he is being abusive. They are children at dance school that isn't even like, uh, it's not a professional school of the arts. A lot of them aren't even paying for class. That's very true. And like. Most of them are just children without yeah. any real dreams of like going on to be ballet dancers, right? They're just right. little kids that are doing a thing. And he is like, Barishnikov never stretched or whatever, which I promise you he did. But also, right. like, yeah, it's insane. And her, the fact that she, that Michelle is like trying to debate with him as opposed to like, no, those kids don't have to stay in the corner. You're also a child. Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. And there is quite a bit of that in this episode of things that don't make any sense. For instance, Jenny's mom, well, we saw before, had some issues, is now just a completely insane, maybe alcoholic? Yeah. Uh, to the point, like, but also, so she's like stalking, so Jenny's dad is getting remarried. Right. <laughs> like a real petty bitch. On the on the anniversary of his original marriage to Jenny's oh. mom, at the same location that they got married at, I uh, with that. the same like uh, wedding photographer, uh, caterer, baker to make the same cake, like real psycho shit on both sides of this equation. Yeah, I forgot that. That's so mean, but also it's insane. It's insane. a tiny bit. How many of those wedding? Uh, contract workers could there be in that town? That's also very true. But, but if, I feel like but, there's got to be another field. When we see yeah. them, they're just in a field. Like you can find another field to have that wedding at. You don't have to do it the same place that you had yeah. the other wedding or the same day. Yeah, no, yeah. that's like super petty. But we find out that Faye, whatever, who's the, the woman that he's remarrying, is also completely insane because yeah. she tells 
Jenny says, Faye told my dad that my boobs remind her of my mom's boobs, and she doesn't want to be reminded of my mom's boobs at her wedding. That's disgusting. (laughs) Like, what are you talking about? That is a child. Yeah, I... (laughs) It's just so much inappropriateness that... um, I feel like these two episodes together have have brought both you and I to the verge of a, ner- oh, a nervous breakdown. Yes, I'm I'm very <laughs> angry. I had a like normally I'll just I'll plow right through an episode and like take a minute or two to drink or whatever and come back and watch the next episode. I watched these episodes in like 15 minute chunks because I kept like having to storm outside just being <laughs> mad. Um, and also then just shitty writing. So uh, the main storyline of this episode is that. Michelle's brother shows up out of nowhere. Now, Which, one, has there ever been any mention that she had a brother or family of any kind? Has it ever come up once? And no, and it's her real life brother. Oh, it is. I didn't. Yeah, know that. I only know because in the credits he has the same last name, and gotcha. then I think I looked it up because I wrote in my notes it's her real life brother. Gotcha. Yeah, and it's just another. It's like. Um, in the writer's room, like, do you guys have an idea for this episode? Mm-hmm. No. What's another crazy character we could throw in because we don't have any story ideas? That's very much what it feels like. And also, like, the brother is also a complete fucking lunatic. Yeah. Who's, like, just kind of a drunk, uh, who ha- keeps marrying strangers and leaving them at the altar. He's done that Four times, apparently? Yeah. And it's so... Uh... Which is just not cool. Like, that... Are we? It, it feels like we're supposed to initially be like, Oh, Michelle's brother. They have, like, this repartee or whatever. I guess he'll be likable. But then immediately you're like, Oh, no, you're a piece of shit. Like, yeah. you just left this woman. He's currently... When he shows up, he's in a tuxedo. Because right. he has just ran away from the altar. And she's like... Another wife? Like, it just happens all the time? Yeah. And he has nowhere to go but her couch, so... I think he's homeless otherwise, like... Yeah, he's not... It's not like he's some really appealing man who you could understand why... I'm not saying these type of guys are better, but just... How they how they can pull off the scam? Yeah, Yeah. and he's just like a guy with no nothing... Mm. He's also, he's no spring chicken. No, he's not, like, a hot dude. Yeah. He's kind of dumpy. He drinks, he's like, drinks Dokeskis all the time. Uh, there's a moment, there's a line, too, where, again, just to, like, point out shitty writing, somehow Michelle is on the phone with this girl trying to arrange for her to send him his things. Ugh, yeah. Which, like, if I'm that girl, it's the day after he left me at the fucking altar. We're not having this conversation. Right. Uh but he's he goes, hey, tell her, ask her to send my purple sweater. And Michelle goes, you have a purple sweater. Does this girl know you're gay? What? <laughs> Who? <laughs> what show am I watching? That I just, is not the show. I just want to be clear that um, my laughter throughout this podcast has been... Because of, I am getting a kick out of how angry this is making me. <laughs> I do not think it's funny that she said, right. does your girl know that you're gay? And also, yeah. I'll... 
Uh, why? It's a purple sweat. What? It's so. Like, did a 15 year old boy run into that writer's room and sneak that line <laughs> into this show? It doesn't. Like, you're adults. Yeah, and it doesn't even. And she so, says it, ma- it might make her feel better. And, like, no, it wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't feel better at all. If you found out a man that you just had a whirlwind romance Ooh. with and left you at the altar also was never into you in yeah. the first place. <laughs> Working some kind of con. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it makes no sense. The other part of the story is that Cosette, the new French ingenue girl in school, uh, has given Melanie, when she sees Melanie beat up the one girl and knock the other guy off the bar stool, she says, oh, hey, you might be into this, and gives her a flyer for roller derby. Right. So now Melanie is secretly going to roller derby for some reason. Like I get okay, she wants to, you want to give her roller derby. I get that this was like of a time maybe roller derby was in the, the the fucking ether at the time whatever. But why is it a secret? Why does she yeah. have to hide it from her friends? It doesn't make any sense. I didn't get it's not that embarrassing. either. Embarrassing like Yeah, just tell them. I mean, maybe it's one of the things Franny forbids oh, them to do. Oh, I could do. 100% see her hiding it from Franny. They're not but, allowed to go to the beach on a sunny day. They're certainly not allowed to slam each other around on fucking roller skates. But, but like, tell your just friends. Tell your friends. I mean, Sasha told her friends when she was sneaking around and not telling her parents she had left camp. Yeah, Or yeah, not yeah. camp, but or school. school or whatever. Yeah, for sure. Also, just to... Just a quickie, the very beginning of the episode, mm. when Michelle goes to apologize to the hot surfer, I wrote something about her flirting is, ew. <laughs> well, is it because her idea of flirting is to give him a copy of Finding Nemo, which is a child's movie? Uh, also, is it because she can't, well, here's the other thing, she is dumb. But she has to play really dumb, you know what I mean? And yeah. I don't, that's not like, that's not attractive. Where she's like, she goes, "Hey, I read your thesis," because he's like trying to get his PhD, and she's like, "I went online and read your thesis," which I don't know how she. The yeah. last time we saw her use a computer, she picked it up and was like, "What is this?" and tried to talk into the <laughs> bottom of it. So how she's finding this guy's thesis, I have no idea. Uh, but she's like, "I didn't understand a lot of the words. I know plankton and kelp or whatever." She says like three things. Yeah. It's like that's not cute. Don't be yeah. dumb. Already, he doesn't like you. Be it saying you're dumb. Like that's been established. So it's not doesn't make any sense. Also, uh, just this is probably misogynistic of me, but. Like, young and hot and dumb, for sure some guys are into that. Sure. Middle-aged dumb, <laughs> there's no fetish <laughs> for that. <laughs> um, Sorry. No, that's fine. You're absolutely right. So, so Melanie is playing roller derby, and it's taking up way too much of this episode. Yeah, um, Cosette and the bro- and the brother DJ the roller derby for some reason because they're involved in literally everything, and they're clearly in their twenties. At one point, <laughs> he says to her, out of nowhere, she's he just goes to Jenny and says, "Are you Dutch? Yeah. Your face reminds me of a Vermeer." What? Yeah, I you're didn't... high school kids. What is this? What is this? What are, what world do you two come from? Because it's not the world we have established as our universe for this show. You are right. from some other world. 
Ugh. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense, and it's uh, and it takes you out of every every time you feel like you're a little bit getting into the stories with the girls, mm. which is what the whole show should be anyway. Absolutely. Then it's like. Why is there a twenty-year-old, you know, model <laughs> with a J bottle of wine model. at this high school? Yeah, hitting on Ginny. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. And then also, the other thing that's happening is, for some reason, Boo is in charge of these three little boys. I want, I guess, one's her brother, and then his friends that she is now in charge of for some unexplained reason. Something made, to do with the mom. That made me madder than almost anything I've seen on the show. To the point where her and the little boyfriend, Carter or whatever his name is. Carl. Carl, thank you. It's funny because you used to love Carl, but I, I this still, show has beaten it out of you. It absolutely has. And I still kind of like Carl, except I don't like what they did with him and her in this episode, which is to turn to, I guess for comedic purposes, it's not funny, turn them into a bickering married couple. Yeah, I hate it. I hate it. It doesn't it. make any sense. There is a moment that made me laugh where he where they come in and he they're talking about one of the kids whose name is Beaver, which doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, I can't believe we let him turn us against each other like that. I would never call you a doo-doo head. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, she says something and then he kind of, they keep it going a little bit, which actually made me laugh. She's like, and I can't believe you would ever think that I would call you a doo-doo head. <laughs> like he gets mad at her for thinking he would and then she kind of yeah. gets mad. And that one moment I found i found funny but then the rest of it is them like oh like make it like you were supposed to pick him up from practice or whatever and he's like i never have time to myself i want to go to the gym or whatever why why yeah. i don't know i wrote i don't like boo and carl being a tired couple with kids that's <laughs> yeah. all the story was is let's have them be yeah it makes no sense for um, no reason. At least when the episodes when her mom was like, I have to be on bed rest. Yeah. They at least, it doesn't make sense, but they would at least make the effort to give you a reason for what's happening, right? Yeah. They don't explain shit. She calls at one point and says, oh, the TV fell over. Boo answers the phone at dance title or whatever. It's like, oh, the TV fell over. And she's like, did it fall on anybody or whatever? And then now she just has these kids. It yeah. doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. And she brings them to practice one day. And of course, of course, it's not manageable. No, of course, you it's can't. Not. I remember taking my niece and nephew on rarely would take them somewhere fun, but like okay, I have to go by the bank first. I think I did it one time because just being right next to them in line, no right. one else is there. Yeah, yeah, there's not a lot you can do wrong in line at the bank. Sure. But everything there was, they found. Yeah, pull those ropes over, whatever. Everything, and it's like, because they don't, that's what kids, that, that's just like kittens and puppies. Yeah, they yeah. just tear shit up. Yeah, they don't know any better. Of course you can't have them hang out with you at ballet practice. <laughs> so dumb. Uh, also, uh, Jenny's mom, so Jenny and Melanie have this blow up where, because Melanie is supposed to go with her to this wedding photo shoot. And help her with this horrible dress that has to cover up her boobs that remind the other woman of other boobs. Which is so gross. It it really made me sick. (laughs) I just didn't like it. It just made me uncomfortable and I did enjoy it. Uh, But they have this blow up because Melanie blows her off for roller derby. And she shows up and she's covered in like red stains all on her dress. And uh, it's because her mom showed up 
and threw punch on everybody at this <laughs> fucking wedding. Uh, what? On your own child? Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. It is insane. It's also like you could get arrested for that. that yeah, absolutely. You, you're damaging public private property. This yeah. assault. There's a lot of things happening here. You could totally I feel like get arrested. We have established that that par- town of paradise only has those two cops or whatever, so they're probably busy. Oh, right. Remember from that millionaire that lived on that hill Who that we've never, n- never came up again? Yeah. Um, I did love... I did a little bit love thinking of a bunch of characters in this show getting punch thrown on them just because they're all assholes. <laughs> uh, but the dress is so it's not even like real. No, it's just a it's just like a like a bolt of fabric wrapped around her. There's no dress really. So that they have a bit of a blow up, and Jenny gets mad at the Cosette girl because she thinks she's trying to come between her and Melanie because she's the one who told her about roller derby or whatever. Right. And as weird as those two characters are, they appear to be nothing but nice, right? Yeah. Um, so that was a little weird. And then the main crux of it, so the main crux of this episode is her and her brother, right? Um, Michelle and her brother being in town and they hell, oh, they go to the oyster bar, they get drunk and they're like, oh, you found my ukulele. And it's like a fucking course Michelle plays a goddamn ukulele. <laughs> um, and then... Tell me if I'm crazy. The brother comes and watches her teach a class. Fine. Mm. A little weird, I guess, but like, that's your sister. You don't have to be a creep if you're just sitting there. Whatever. Adults watch kids dance. That's the whole reason they have these fucking dance recitals, right? And he tells the girls a story about a time when Michelle was a kid and she saw a movie where one ballet dancer was jealous of another ballet dancer, so she tried to sabotage her and turn the lights off on her, but she hit the wrong button and it hit the trap door, and the woman fell through the trap door and got paralyzed. And she got inspired by that and was going to cut a hole in the floor of this dance studio that she was at with uh, safety scissors and a grapefruit spoon, which is just more examples of how dumb Michelle is. (laughs) Uh... And that, him telling her that's telling the girls that story, Michelle fucking flips, right? And first she's like, yeah. okay, I can't hang out tonight, whatever. She's like clearly mad. And then he comes back to like get a key for the place. It's such a lazily writing thing of him being irresponsible. She's like, what happened to the key I gave you yesterday? He's like, oh, I must have lost it. Why? Why is that a thing? You can have any other reason for him to come here to talk to his sister or whatever. Also, if squirrels and possums can get in, <laughs> he should be able to get They don't in. even have thumbs. Yeah. Um, and then they have this massive blow-up fight out of nowhere about how you never took care of me. It's your fault that I forgot to graduate high school yeah. because you're supposed to be taking care of me. But he's only a year older than her, so... No, he's not. They have. They talk about how shitty the mom is a few times. It's a huge fight, right? Yeah. And then they both walk outside. She plays the ukulele. He sings. A, they both sing a song together. That's that's it. That's it's, the, it's so fucking weird. Yeah, I put. Uh, what did I? Is it just? Is this just a way of working in exposition? So that Michelle can give a speech about how committed she has become to paradise. Right. It's her whole, she's, I think, yeah, she, cause she goes off a bunch about like, oh, 
you know, this is what I do now. I'm a teacher. These kids respect me or whatever. And it's like, yeah, but he just told a, like, mildly embarrassing story about you. Like, families do that. It wasn't that. To me, it didn't seem like that egregious of an offense to warrant this fight. Yeah. Um, Particularly when you're both a bunch of fuck-ups, right? The two of you... Clearly, you got drunk and married a dude in Vegas. He gets married to people all the time. You're more alike than you fucking want to admit or whatever. Yeah. And also, I don't... Michelle is supposed to be the main protagonist of the series. And she just very callously says that it's... She hasn't spoken to her mom in 12 years. And it's been 12 years of bliss. The best 12 years, yeah. Like, I know... I only know one person whose mom was so horrible that he never speaks to her anymore. And it's a painful thing. He's not glib about it. And then most people I know have moms who had flaws. And I had periods where I didn't get along with my mom. But I, Jesus Christ, it is a big deal to not speak to your mom for 12 years. For sure. And to then also be like, like you said, glib about it. It's not like... And then also we find like how... They don't really say about how bad the mom... They never make it her out to be bad enough to warrant that or to even explain any amount of that. Like, yeah, yeah, she... Okay, she had... She was... uh, uh, Michelle says something about how she was obsessed with her looks and then made her obsessed about my looks. So, yeah, I bet there was some shittiness there. But, like, he's taking care of her. How? I don't know, by the way. He keeps saying, like, if she needs money, I'm the one who sends it. And if I, he, I just, what the brother says, and like, if he needs, she needs to move, and I'm the one who has to help or whatever. You don't have a home, as far as I can tell. What are you talking about? Um, yeah, so it's this huge fight that ends with them singing a song while she plays the ukulele. And then that's the end of yeah. the show. Then we get a wrap-up of Jordan dancing and being mean to himself. Oh, also, Boo freaks out at Jordan at one point and gets him to be nice by yelling at him or whatever. And it, this is... I would have loved for Boo or anyone to yell at Jordan, mm. except that they make it Boo is acting like a mom, and right. it ruins, It takes all the joy out of seeing Jordan get yelled at. Absolutely. It's so dumb. I will also say this one thing, in that... Jordan's arc in this episode is almost the most reasonable and complete character arc in the episode where he's super mean in the beginning, right? Then he gets yelled at. And then at the end, we find out that, oh, he's not just mean to them. He's mean to himself. Because the last scene is him during the credits, right? And he's he's dancing and he because he kept yelling at them like, that's not perfect. Do it again. Do it again or whatever. And now he's dancing alone, practicing, and he's doing the same thing to himself. So right. it's not just that he's a bad person and mean to be like, oh, I'm in a position of power, I will abuse it. He is how he treats himself, treating other people that way. So it kind of humanizes that character in some way. He's not just a fucking psychopath, right? Right. At least that's a, a character arc. At least something happens. Like, it may, yeah. we learn something about someone. It also makes me wonder, is the reason he's such a great dancer because he's so mean to himself? Absolutely. And is that then actually an argument in favor of him being mean to the other dancers? Well, to be fair, I don't think you get to be a great ballet dancer without being fucking held to perfection standards, right? That's what makes ballet. So probably a little bit. I stand very firm on the fact that you have to stretch before practice. But like, <laughs> other than that, I mean, and that's just shitty writing. Like that's yeah. not even a, like that's just. What do you mean? You know, you can't stretch. Yeah. No. Um, and also, like, if he were at 
whatever the was it the Joffrey Ballet School yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Then it makes sense if you're being a dick to students because they're trying to be professional dancers. Right. But this is just small town people's kids. Like, we used to play soccer after school. Sure, sure, sure. It's not like... There's no reason to have a dick teacher. Right. Uh, yeah, I hated these two episodes. I think we have, like, four more, and I don't... I've, I, uh, I fear I will hate all of them as much as I hated these. I don't see the show getting better at this point. Yeah. Um, that being said, you got anything you want to plug? Uh, no. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, at Chris Cubis for all my social media, cross platforms. Uh, yeah, just go there, check for dates and stuff like that. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>